Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions Steve Dash, Rinko Levers. Hello, everybody. For God's sake, it's about time that we launch this. Ship of the damned called Wrong and Wronger. Breakwell is having some kind of weird moment over there. I can't take any responsibility for it because he is responsible for his emotions. James, how are you today? Well, I was going to ask you about the entire existential crisis you had before the countdown, (laughs) but then you couldn't get through the countdown. You got lost halfway from five to one. You were wandering in the number wilderness, and when I called you out after like a 90-second pause between three and two, you became all defensive. Like, I don't know if this is a senior moment or what. So just what is going on over there? You know, you said, can you count to five? And my job is to count from five, not to five. You can't even get your sentences right when you're trying to criticize something you don't know anything about. Well, you have to be, if you can't count to five, how can you count backwards from five? It's like a sobriety test. You can't do the alphabet backwards (laughs) if you don't know it forwards. That's why I set the bar low and asked if you could count to five. Like I I, I got it scripted right here, (laughs) right there, so that I don't forget. Oh. Oh, man. So what was your existential crisis? I got I got to know this. Oh, uh, I have my computer on in front of me and my phone has a glass protector over it. And it was making a weird like uh, image on the glass. So uh-huh. I had to turn the computer and that took a second. Maybe while I was counting down, I was sort of assessing the state of the union when it came to the light. I don't know, but obviously you were triggered, Breakwell. I was concerned, okay? You're getting up there in years. You're at the age, I mean, it's... We, we've got, you know, elderly family members where sometimes they call and you've just got to drop everything because it could be the last time you see them. And like anything could turn out to be pretty serious. Like, I feel like uh-huh. you're in that boat these days. Like someday I'm going to get a passive aggressive tweet from you and that's going to be it. That's going to be your deathbed tweet. And I just I got to I got to keep my eyes open. And the tweet will just be you did this to me. And that's it. And then you decide. Well, did you see? Did you see that uh, that reply that we both got? He tagged us both, where he said that he thought less of us now because of your Coca Cola thing. Like he lumped me in. I have never in my entire life asked for half Coke, half water, and I was having my character defamed right along with you (laughs) because of the company I keep. I will say it is the new drink sensation that is sweeping the nation, James. <laughs> I'm surprised when people order regular Coke or regular water now because I, it's a TikTok viral sensation. You can look it up. Uh, not now, but at some point when I'm not around. You'll see. You are corrupting the youth. And by the youth, <laughs> I mean no one because literally no one will follow in your example. You are the, the negative example that the rest of us look at and do the opposite. So... Maybe Coca-Cola well, should be sending you a, uh, a thank you, because if anything, people are going to be getting Coke with extra syrup and not the other way around. <laughs> I will say the reason you get lumped in is because yours and my relationship has lasted more than most marriages oh. nowadays, James. 
<laughs> this is. We're almost to the seven-year itch. It's almost time to start cheating on each other. What what year mark are we actually at? I think we're at year seven. Didn't we start in sixteen or could it no. was it seventeen? I don't remember. Was it that long? Yeah, it's been a minute. And we have so little to show for it. Oh my gosh, <laughs> what are we doing? How oh. Wow, that cuts deep, Steve. I, I don't know how you can de- destroy me with numbers like that. Imagine doing something so pointless for no reward for so long. So long. And it's not like this podcast like gets you to meet like rock stars and cool people. Like It's just me and you and like four people yeah. commenting on Twitter. That is it. Yeah. yeah. What is wrong yeah. with us? I, wow. it, I mean, I'm obviously just dragging you along like you you obviously don't want to do this and are only doing it to satisfy me but i did think the other day this was your idea so i blame you for the genesis of this disaster well you have tossed this existential crisis entirely on my plate (laughs) and after this i'm just gonna go down go lie down on the floor in a dark room and just stare into nothing is that's what yeah. I feel, what? and that's what I am. Like, wow, seven years. I hope that's wrong. I really hope. I hope your math is off by like four years. That's that's all, all that's I, keeping me going. If it's off, it is one year or zero years. Those are the only two options because this show started real uh, close in time to the commute. That's and the commute started in sixteen. So I don't know if this show started in sixteen or like beginning mid seventeen. You, it probably did because 16 is when I got my first book deal and that's when that's when I was at the height of my hustle before I'd kind of given up on everything. I was so young and naive. I saw a world of possibility that didn't actually exist and never would exist. And uh, and yeah, here we are. I'm, I'm sitting here with you in my free time that I could be doing a million other things and you could yeah. be do I don't know, you could be peeing off a porch. So your your options are more limited. Yeah. I get that. But uh, but here we are. <laughs> but more fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we're just uh, making yeah. making more content that people are going to hate us for, man. That is we are we are the prophets in the wilderness <laughs> that no one wants to hear from. I I don't know what we even talk about every week. Like people will say, "What what did you talk about last week?" My wife will ask me that sometimes. I'm like, I I don't have any idea. I don't remember, and that's the truth. Well, that, we have to meander because it's the only way that we step on these landmines of terribleness that are your life. Like if I ask you what's going on, you'll never tell me. But if we have a long and rambling conversation, suddenly you'll turn over about how you used to write like dirty greeting cards for the porn industry, and it's a yeah. whole episode. And then that episode disappears because we didn't record it right. <laughs> Man, that you know what? That's why we didn't. That's why we didn't make it big. That one episode, our best episode ever. My computer computer messed up and ate it and uh, nobody ever heard those stories and that's why that's why we are who we are now there but for the grace of god go us and i'd like to think in some parallel dimension there's a james and a steve who are podcasting millionaires with like an exclusive (laughs) spotify deal right next to joe rogan you know an audience of millions just rambling about nothingness and uh, and they yeah. look back and they think when they when they think about that fateful meeting they made this podcast uh, kick off they just see dollar signs they see they see profit and they see progress and uh, for them to exist we have to exist too to to balance out the multiverse and that's our role to make to make alternate reality James and Steve that much happier. <laughs> wow, so 
ultimately this misery is making me happy? Yeah, I mean it's making a different version of you happy. It's like it's like Star Trek, you know how there's like alternate the alternate dimension with evil Spock and he just has a goatee? Like that's us. Like <laughs> evil James and Steve are probably clean shaven. I don't remember if you have a beard or not. I think you I think your logo has a goatee. So so the evil versions of us well you know what? We've got it flipped around. We are the evil what? versions. The good <laughs> versions are over there and clean shaven and being justly rewarded for being good people. And we are over oh. here getting exactly what we deserve. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. I do have a story this week, James, oh. that does speak to my enduring misery. But I, do you have a story, too? I do. I have a great story. I got like two hours I ago. Know. But, but. I'm writing my newsletter for paid subscribers right now. And I'm like, if I throw this out in the <laughs> podcast, it's going to, I'm going to blow the whole thing. And then I thought, but nobody listens oh. to the podcast. So what's it going to spoil? And I was conflicted. And I decided, no, this story is so good that if I throw it out here, it's going to be the entire topic of the podcast. So instead I'm going to let you go with your lesser story. So what do you got for us, Steve? Oh, <laughs> well, I had an eyewitness corroboration of the curse of Rattlesnake Ranch because he was immersed in it with me. It is my buddy Josh Peterson, who I met on Twitter and was not murdered when he came and spent a week at my house. Now, I don't know if he has murderous tendencies outside of last week, but nobody was murdered. And so I'm very pleased with that. I think you've got the the murder relationship backwards there. Like, you are the murderer. Like, you lured him to your creepy hilltop manor surrounded (laughs) by rattlesnakes. And the fact that he came out alive is just because you're lazy at being bad, I think, is, is all we can take away from us. Uh, well, it, we almost took a turn. Okay. okay. And it, it would have happened in front of both of our wives, which would have made it even more epic. And mine was filming. So. <laughs> okay. So we have like uh, metal shingles that look like logs that mm-hmm. we're putting on our cabin. And so Mrs. Steve ordered a load of them. We, we ordered a load a couple years ago, but then put it on the small cabin. So now we needed another load for the big cabin. So the truck shows up. And we have two tons. It's like 4,300 pounds of this stuff in the truck. Okay. And the truck has our stuff and then another four tons of a delivery for somebody else in it. And the truck itself, I forgot what, it was like 14,000 pounds. So the whole thing was quite a massive truck. And he couldn't make it up my driveway. And so uh, Mrs. Steve is angry because every other truck has made it up the driveway and this putz isn't going to make it up the driveway. And so I went down because I am the voice of reason and Mrs. (laughs) Steve is pissed. And uh, so I'm talking to him and uh, we figure out he's not going to make it up the hill. And so he's going to meet us at another place, offload the truck, and then we're just going to use my trailer and bring all of the siding in, like uh, a few boxes at a time, whatever. So he throws it in reverse and immediately gets the back end of the truck stuck like a javelin into the blacktop of my, like the bottom of my driveway because the angle was such and all of the weight when he tried to make it up the hill slammed against the back of the truck and pushed the back end down. So now he's got this metal ramp on the back of his truck, like, uh, jammed into the asphalt. The point is he couldn't go forward or backward. He was stuck like a turtle on its back right there. Now, there's only one way in and out of my property, and that (laughs) is through the hole in that gate that his truck is now filling. 
So I said, okay, I had two guys there to help me unload the truck, Josh, who was living there that week, and then I called my buddy Rick. And so Josh and Rick come down, and they're assessing the situation, and we decide, well, let's unload the back of the truck, and that'll lift it up a little bit, and he'll be able to get out of here. Except all the stuff slid against the back of the truck, and now the door won't open because all of the weight of the cargo is pushing against the door. So there's, he can't go forward, he can't go backward, and we can't open the door and offload it. So somebody comes up with the idea, let's get a tow strap and use my big diesel truck and try to pull him, at least lurch him forward enough to get that, that ramp unstuck <laughs> from the blacktop. Sorry, I got a call coming through. The listeners can't hear it, but you can. Anyway, so I got my truck. I put the tow strap on and gunned it. And uh, the women are standing far enough away that if the tow strap snaps, like they're out of, uh, uh, no shrapnel is going to hit them. Mm -hmm. And uh, Rick is standing far enough behind the whole thing. But Josh is kind of in the middle of it all. So I gun it and I pulled him out of the asphalt and about 20 feet up the driveway. What we had discussed with the driver, whose name was Kevin, and when I say bless his heart, I think you know what I'm saying, James. Yes, yes. We said to him, when you get pulled out of this thing, hit the accelerator, and between the two trucks, they will, in tandem, pull all that weight up the hill, because I'm pulling a mm -hmm. 7.3 liter diesel. He's got his truck. We're going to get this thing up. Halfway up the driveway... I learn he never hit the accelerator. My truck's doing all the work to pull him up. And when the angle is sufficient, my truck can't pull him anymore. And the wheel starts spinning. And then he starts drifting backwards because his foot's not on the brake either. And he's pulling me with him. And if he gets into the road, he's going to go right into the ditch on the other side. And both of us will probably die. That's how big the ditch is. And so Josh runs to his window and screams, gun it and go like hell and uh, so finally he gunned it and we got him up the hill and josh's wife said i have never heard him with that level of urgency in his voice before but everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong until we fixed it and i thought this can only happen on the ranch this guy's never gotten stuck that way before. I've never had a driver so dumb that he doesn't understand. He needs to accelerate a little <laughs> bit to help my truck. And uh, finally, we unloaded it. Kevin sat in the cab the whole time. And the rest of us unloaded 4,300 pounds worth of shingles. But that is my story this week. I know Josh is going to be watching this episode, hoping for the Kevin story. And I just hope I did it justice. But I will say, I was scared. Like, I screamed out the window... Uh, there was an F word in it, let me just say. But tell him to F and go, because I thought we were going to die. Like, if he would have kept his foot off the brake, we would have both gone across the road and down into that gully, and it would have taken, a, a like, a, a semi-wrecker to get us out of there. So walk me through what your steps were going to be. Let's let's go back to the alternate universe and our, our multiverse situation here. So Kevin's not the yeah. brightest guy. So let's say his window's up, and when Josh runs up there and yells at him to gun it, he doesn't know what he's saying, you know? And so he does not push the accelerator. You continue drifting back. What was your plan? Were you going to slam on your brakes? Uh, I had the brakes locked up. And you were still going backwards. So at what point would you have bailed from the truck, or were you going to ride it all the way across the road and into the ditch? You know, as I think this through in the aftermath, 
we couldn't have made it that far because he would have just javelined himself back into the asphalt. Ah. But at the time, I didn't realize that because I was disoriented, like getting pulled backwards. But I, I would have bailed. I think I told you a while ago when we had an ice storm, my neighbor up the road, he went off that gully and uh, he bailed like James Bond out of the car and did like a shoulder roll on the asphalt before his car went over the side because you 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 will die. You're not going to survive that if your car goes over with any amount of speed. It is deep and there are trees at the bottom and it'll be bad. Man. Now... When you say javelin into the asphalt, did he damage the asphalt or did he just stick to it like a yeah. sticky dart? Yeah, no, no. It went full embedded. Well, he had uh, seven, eight, nine. He had about 12 tons that uh, like stuck the metal corners into the ground and the ground happened to be our driveway. So you now- So one of the plans, okay. I had pickaxes down there. We were gonna <clears throat> pickaxe everything out and try to get him to go forward if we needed to, but my truck was able to get him loose. So you now have a massive groove all the way across your brand new asphalt driveway? Well, it's not brand new, but yes. I thought you had somebody go out there and lay it. I thought that was within the lifetime of this podcast. Uh, we had a little bit of driveway laid toward the top oh, so it would match okay. the house. But we're not going to redo the... The asphalt is a disaster down there, but we're not going to redo it till we're done having trucks go up and down to carry building supplies. So Which, that'll be one of the last things. You you say that like there's going to be an end point. Like someday you will be done <laughs> adding on. I mean, now you're going and you're inviting random people from Twitter to show up at your house and supply you with <laughs> manual labor. Like what is yeah. what was in it for him? Why did this guy come here and do that? He's a super fan. Are you kidding? Like, look at me, James. Come on. What more do you need to know? I am confident that out of all the people <laughs> I have following me on every platform, there are zero people who would show up and give me free physical labor. I am I am positive uh, of no. this. No, no, you know you're lying. You know you're lying. No, they. You, I, you know how hard it is to get them to get to buy a book, like a $15 book. <laughs> and that, yes, at the I current, at the current price of labor, like you can make 30 bucks an hour at a Buffalo Wild Wings. Like that's, that's half an hour of work to buy one book. If they won't, like 99.999% <laughs> of these people will never, ever buy a book. And they feel like they've done me a great favor by following me and reading my jokes for free. You think those people are going to drive to my house and work for free? Absolutely not. I will bet you have, uh, what, what we figured out, you had like 50 times more followers than me. There is a Josh in there and probably most likely more than one. I think, oh man, it's going to kill me to say this. I should not have started down this track, but uh, I'm just going to finish it out. I think mm -hmm. you're more likable than me in a way that relates to, I gotta qualify it. You're more likable to me in a way that appeals to like old people of a certain age. Like people. Oh my <laughs> God, so good for a minute. I know. I, I know. I should. I should have just. Uh, I shouldn't even started the sentence. I had to. I had to even yeah. it out though. But I think there's a group of people out there who you know their kids have moved out. All their famous rock stars are old and retired, and they think, what do I have left to live for? Why not throw out my back for Steve? But I, my my followers still have hope. They have kids they're trying to 
raise and get out of the house and they're they're not going to come here and do this they they barely have the energy to watch their own children they're not going to come over here and help me do anything and that's just that's just how it is so congrats to you for not murdering your free labor but i, I don't know how you got away with that once and it's it's never going to work a second time nobody else will ever come there to work for you for free uh, i got a guy coming this weekend what what did they yeah. what did he tell you where you describe to me the the course of this conversation <laughs> I post, first of all, Josh is your age. What? I, I think he's a couple years older. His wife was born the same year you were, and they're roughly the same age. He's got kids that are in high school, and they came. He had his whole family for the week. And Rattlesnake Ranch is not a bad place to be. If you're a high school kid, we got four-wheelers, we got a razor, we got plenty of land. You can shoot guns and bows and arrows and drive around, and there's deers everywhere. Like, it's not a bad place to be. But the uh, uh, did you want to comment before I answer your question? No, no, you just threw out deers, and it just it was it was a flashback of bad times. <laughs> just keep going, just just finish it out. The conversation has to do with deers. Okay, by the way. okay, okay. Because uh, I always say I, I need to do this and that, and I don't know how to do this and that. And he uh, wrote and said, "I know how to do all this. I was raised on a farm in Illinois, and if you ever want help, let me know." And I'm like, well, we got to build a greenhouse. We got to build a chicken coop. We got to plant uh, like stuff for the deers. And I don't know how to do any of it. And he's he's coming over this weekend. And we're going to talk about plans. He's going to, uh, I think we're about to buy a real tractor because the BAM is no more, James. How? But uh, he's oh, going to go through some. Just, I, I gotta stop. I, I, I gotta I, stop stuttering and, and interrupting you because uh, you just keep talking and things keep getting worse. So please, just just finish it up. <laughs> uh, That's how the conversation went. But yeah, we're, the bam is dead. How did you kill it? What did you do? It 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 self destructed. The curse got it. I didn't do anything. Why were I mean, I wasn't using it for what it was built for necessarily, but that shouldn't matter. Were you were you mowing in February? It wasn't just the time of year. <laughs> the cool weather it was more what I was mowing than when I was mowing. And and what pray tell were you mowing? Well, for most of what we had to do to reclaim the land, it was chest high weeds and blackberries. Okay. Which, uh, for as evil as they are, ah, the blades go through it pretty easily. There's a part of the property near my deer stand that irritates me because it's overgrown, but the forest had started to retake it. So there's trees that are about the size of my thumb that are everywhere. And from what I understand now, a finish mower from golf courses is not meant to cut down thousands of thumb-sized trees. It can be bad for it. Uh, just write that one down, FYI. How much did you pay for this machine that you totally destroyed? All in, including all the repairs we've done. It's probably got nine grand into it, maybe ten. Wow. You know, I uh, I just listened to a, a great book called Sapiens, uh, a great uh, great book of nihilism on the, the history of the human race. Nobody belongs yeah. anywhere, all that kind of stuff. But it uh, it talks about how our earliest ancestors figured out fire and cleared back the forest and conquered the earth for better or for worse. Yeah. 
And yeah. here's you in 2023 with the most advanced <laughs> technology imaginable. Like these, these early humans, they brought about the greatest cataclysm for all life just on their own with stone tools and fire. Yeah. They figured it out. And here you are trying to conquer this small, tame section of land <laughs> and just inflicting massive damage to yourself and your property. Well, well nature remains unharmed. I've got to say our cavemen ancestors would be so so disappointed in you well i'm creating cataclysm but it's more on a personal level <laughs> so yes we need a tractor now the reason i got the bam was because tractors were not available back when we were moving and needed a tractor this was the next best thing and uh, we had no idea it was going to end up if i'd have been mowing a golf course this thing might have lasted forever but we you know, we've been using it to reclaim land and Anyway, we're about to go way into debt to get a tractor, and it's not going to be pleasant. Well, the good news is you have an infinite supply of free labor from very misguided people. So worse comes to worse, <laughs> give them all some scythes and send them out there to work the land, and you can, you can keep your whole feudalism thing going. Josh built the wall in uh, oh. the small cabin for me. So, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Feudalism works. You heard it here first, people. Well... Uh, you heard it here first, and that's all you're going to hear today. Subscribe to Breakwell's newsletter to see the story that he was itching to tell here on Wrong and Wronger. And uh, for the low, low price of it's uh, probably not worth it anyway, you can read all of Breakwell's thoughts. But until we meet again and discuss our personal thoughts, this is Steve Olivas, Dr. Steve for James Steve, begging Breakwell, Unicorn Breakwell, saying thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and remember, we don't make anything out of this, so you stick that in your pipe and smoke. Two wrongs can't make a right. <laughs>